Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Here we are, two days beyond the first anniversary of the January 6th, 2021 assault on the seat of the U.S. government in Washington. So one of the questions is, and I've spoken to one of my guests about this previously, as we were leading up to the election, to the 2020 election in the United States, how close is the United States to real inner turmoil? Does it exist already? Is it on the cusp, potentially, as some analysts are suggesting, of uncontrolled response? I've heard terms like civil war and individual states or groups of states attempting to leave the union. Is it that dire? We do know that secessionist movements exist in a number of states, perhaps most notably Texas and California. And maybe the issue, if you're looking for a central issue that gets people energized or gets them talking, gets them emotional, one of the issues is vaccine mandates. And perhaps that represents the catalyst for the emotional rep- uh, response um, among Canada's southern and very powerful neighbors. Uh, the poll was Americans reached the tipping point with vaccine mandates. You'll find that at uh, johnzogbystrategies.com, johnzogbystrategies.com, the famous international Zogby poll. The uh, the podcast of Mr. Zogby and his son Jeremy is real and unscripted. And uh, John's book, or written many, but We Are Many, We Are One. That's a very interesting title, particularly in 2022. John Zogby joins us on the program along with his son Jeremy. How are you, John? Good, Roy. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to talk to you again. And please introduce us to your son. Oh, my son and managing partner, now what I'm proud to announce, of John Zogby Strategies, Jeremy Zogby, who's uh, been about this business of polling for many, many years, and uh, we're official, we've officially been in business together now for about five and a half years. So hello, Jer. Hey, Dad. Jeremy, good to talk to you. Thanks for coming uh, on the program with your father. Yeah, this is wonderful. Uh, you know we do that weekly show. We just did this one uh, yesterday, and so uh, this is always fun. This yeah. is always very fun. Real and Unscripted is your podcast. So let me start with this question, and, and, and we can approach it from any number of compass points, I suppose. But um, when, when you look at the, the issue of vaccine mandates in the United States, and it's gone to the Supreme Court now, the, this issue, is this a lightning rod issue that will, will, will generate uh, discussion or emotional response to the overall question of just how much unity there is in your country? It's bigger than vaccine mandates. Uh, I'll, I'll start this. It's a tipping point. It's a wedge issue, uh, like there are many wedge issues that separate the two sides and reveal to a degree how much distrust there is towards the federal government and frankly towards a lot of um, familiar institutions that folks have counted on for many years so it transcends just uh, attitudes towards the the federal government but it's just one of those things where you mention vaccine mandates you mention any number of other issues and automatically there are two sides and and two different realities um that the two different sets of facts you know john i remember being absolutely stunned when you and i had one of our many conversations in 2020 leading up to the election 
And I brought up the issue of uh, divisiveness in the United States that, that I've never seen before. Most of us in Canada, when we see the United States, we hear the USA, USA chants. We see the waving of the flag. There just seemed to be for years and decades this tremendous sense of being American. And it didn't matter whether you were Democrat or Republican. The fundamental position was we're American and America's number one. Sometimes that irritates us. So we have to play hockey against, against you to put you back in your place. So, <laughs> but but, but you, 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 you expressed a really significant personal concern about your country and the emotional state of your country on that broadcast. You still feel that way? I do. Uh, I'm the optimist in the room. Down the road, I think we'll be okay. We're, right now, that we're going through turmoil, and among those wedge issues uh, uh, is the Constitution of the United States and whether it needs to be updated or scrapped uh, and we start all over again. You mentioned at the top of the, uh, your introduction um, the notion of secession. It's more than just a couple of states. It's more than left and right. Um, there is just a, a growing sense of not only federal uh, overreach, but a growing sense that, hey, we're a lot better on our own. Um, and I know Jer has some, has, has some numbers and some thoughts about this as well. Yeah, Jeremy, please share that with us. And you know, we in this country have gone through this in the last 40 years with Quebec secession movements yeah. in 1980, yeah. then 1995. There were, put, there, were, there were referenda, and if they had gone the other way, then this country would be splitting up, according to our then prime minister in 1995. But what are your numbers in the U.S. now? Yeah, so, I mean, in, in, at least as far as I've been on board, um, officially as a partner going back to 2016, asking several rounds of this, you've got a, a, a core base of about 40% that have sentiment uh, saying that secession is, is legal, it's justified, and, it, and it, it should not warrant a military in intervention. And, of course, I mention military intervention um, because that's what the Civil War was all about. Uh, it, you know, that, that's basically shades of uh, Abraham Lincoln. So we're still at this point about high 30s. I, I think the, the last time I asked the question in the, this last round of uh, questions, it, it was 37 uh, percent could, could agree to uh, uh, a, a state seceding and, and thinking that that is legal. So, uh, John, as we, as we head toward November and uh, the midterms, what potential does this have to widen whatever gulfs exist within the United States. You talked about not just California and, uh, and, and Texas having secessionist intention. How mm -hmm. potentially disturbing, disruptive, is this midterm election going to turn out to be? Well, you have it on a number of levels. So first of all, uh, within the Republican Party, the Republican Party is split between, actually, it's mainly a conservative party now. There are very few moderate Republicans, but between pro-Trump and and non uh, and anti-Trump folks, and you know that the the Trump people dominate the party, but that in itself will will be two forces fighting for the for the future of the Republican Party, and it'll be bloody. You have splits on the Democratic side as well between the progressive Democrats, Bernie Sanders. 
uh, AOC and uh, 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 <laughs> AOC, uh, the the progressive wing and a more moderate liberal wing of the party, and that you know promises to to be quite a fight. Then you get into the general election, and the stakes are about as high as you can get. Whoever controls Congress then um, you know, gets a chance either to work with Joe Biden or not work with Joe Biden. And no matter what the choice is, it splits the country uh, even more. Today, as we speak, the Republicans are in the ascendancy, and it looks pretty good. But we have uh, 10, 11 months to go before the election. Okay. Jeremy, as, as you look down the road further to 2024, Mr. Trump hasn't indicated whether he's going to run again. I saw a story this morning that the Democrats are trying to are considering passing legislation, making some sort of legislative effort to make it impossible for him to run again. I think that would be potentially politically uh, very difficult for them eventually. But that 24 presidential election does that, depending on the result, have the potential to be another major uh, chasm that, cre- it's, it, that that is created between them and, and among Americans. Oh, I, I mean, it's uh, we've gotten used to in this business over the last, I mean, how many elections, calling it the uh, the, the Armageddon election. I, I see no reason for 2024 to be any different. Only the only wild card, and, and I'm not saying this is going to happen. The only thing that I think could disrupt what is already disruption. Uh, being, you know, uh, cycle after cycle, the Armageddon election. The only black swan wild card event could be the rise of some third party candidate. I, I don't see that yet. I don't see that yet, but I'm not going to rule that out. Uh, but it, it's very difficult to see uh, Trump uh, at, at this point not securing the nomination. I mean, he, he, he bulldozed over everybody in 2016, and uh, it's, it's hard to see someone like. Ron DeSantis, who's clearly chasing after the MAGA crowd, to, to be able to um, push Trump out of the way. Uh, I, I want to say one thing, though, because we've been talking about a lot of disunity, and no question about it. There is, and, and unfortunately, it's not only coming from the bottom up, it's, it's coming from the top down. The, 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 a lot of the major media outlets on both sides of the aisle are, are using very divisive language, um, but I, I want to point out a couple poll questions where I'm actually seeing the potential for unity. I don't, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but, the, but it, you, you're wondering your neighbor south and, and can they get their act together. This is where I'll tie that into that you know, wild card notion of a, of a third party candidate. If there were a third party, a popular third party candidate that were to arrive on the scene, they would do well with certain reforms. Now, one question I asked was, support for term limits for Congress and Senate, 83% of Americans can get behind that. that, that that's what we call the supermajority. That's incredible. Then we extended that question to federal bureaucrats, which you know are, are usually lifers, and still 78%. So if you could get some, some you know, basic reforms and somebody could jump on that, that could bring a potential for unity, but that's very challenging mm-hmm. in this very divisive environment. See, what I don't want to see, and what other my fellow Canadians, the majority of us, vast majority of us, don't want to see, 
We don't want to see Americans turning on each other. We don't want to see rioting in the cities. We don't want to see states uh, attempting to secede from the union because we we don't know what would happen to the world if that were to happen. If the United States suddenly did what the Soviet Union did, but do it violently, that would be within three years. That's a nightmare scenario for, for most of us. For Really, it's a nightmare scenario for all of us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're there yet, but, but you know, the, the events of January 6th are certainly very, very troubling. Um, and, you know, there's the, even a debate over that now as to whether that was merely a riot or a major insurrection. Um, I, I think it started out as a riot and turned into an insurrection, and it does not bode well for the future. That, that is troubling. Okay, John, you said when we first started talking, you mentioned the Constitution, and if I understood you mm-hmm. correctly, you said the Constitution as it is written now. Are we talking about the potential here for a major rewrite or amendment of the U.S. Constitution? Is that what, did I hear you correctly? You did. Um, in terms of the potential, not very many people are talking about that. But what we know is that the two sides, uh, and I mentioned this earlier, are operating from two completely different sets of facts, two completely different sets of realities. The Constitution is a binding document, a, a, a document that is supposed to bind the people of various states into one national community. We have a breakdown of that national community. And so maybe ultimately what, what happens down the road is that folks say, let's look at this Constitution. How do we build a more perfect union right. from the more perfect union that was established 200-plus years ago. Well, you've done a pretty good job of uh, building a country and building a, an, an incredibly powerful democratic state. It's not at its best at the moment, and we, we wish you well, and you also have a pretty good hockey team, so we'll give you that. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.